free low-carb shakes. Use government grants to start a business or buy a home. Become a CSI. Advance your career with a nursing degree. Is your colon weighing you down? (laughs) Keep your colon healthy with Colon Zen. $500 gift card for Converse Chuck Taylor shoes. Modify your mortgage payments. Yes, these were actual subjects of few of the many junk email messages I received last week. Not all of them, of course, as I get several hundred such messages known as spam every day. And to be fair, a lot of them were a bit racier than these. I thought it wise to leave those out. (laughs) Of course, my email program, like the ones that many of you use, has a special feature called a spam filter for those messages. And all of the ones I read to you wound up in a special folder designed just for such garbage. Now... You might ask, why doesn't it just delete them? Well, you see, my email program makes mistakes sometimes. Hidden in the midst of that special spam folder were both an important update from the Interfaith Alliance and the message from my home heating oil cooperative. I had to dig those out of the electronic garbage can in order to read them. No filter is perfect, I suppose, but this one saves me incredible amounts of time and energy So I'm glad it's there. Furthermore, the more it gets used, the better it gets. Since I told it that those two messages were actually real, it adjusted so that messages from the Interfaith Alliance won't get labeled as junk anymore. Sometimes when, especially when I get an announcement of the latest and greatest way to achieve spiritual enlightenment, I wish that there was a spiritual spam filter Some way to block the junk messages from ever reaching me. And I can tell you, I get books in the mail, I get flyers like you wouldn't believe, but I need some way to discern what's worth listening to and what needs to be sent directly to the trash. Unfortunately, developing a spiritual spam filter takes a lot of work. We can't tell just by looking at a best-selling book whether it's worth our time. And Unitarian Universalists are uniquely in need of a spiritual spam filter. You see, we don't have a central source of authority to tell us what's good and what's bad. We don't have a definitive scripture or even a common theology from which to judge things. We don't have a pope to decree the right and wrong ways of looking at the world or some council meeting in a secret chamber that tells us what we need to believe. Our religion demands of us the hard work of sorting through all kinds of messages. And so when I see a book like The Secret flying off the shelves by the millions, a little message gets sent through my brain that tells me that a lot of people are investing in junk theology. They might as well send their bank account numbers to that Nigerian businessman who just needs a place to store his millions of dollars for a few days. Now, I don't mean to pick on the secret. It was the flavor of the month last year or the year before, and it's pretty much gone away. It might even work for you. I think that despite its chart-topping sales numbers, a lot of people put it in their spiritual junk folder after some reflection. But to call it pernicious drivel, as Slate magazine columnist Emily Yaffe did, is just to scratch the surface of how bad I believe it is. 
Now, what's my justification for saying something like that? Allow me to share four criteria that go into my personal spiritual spam filter. First, I believe that any spiritual teaching must make sense. It must square with my experience of the world. Experience, of course, comes in many forms, and what makes sense to me might make absolutely none to you. For example, I do believe in the first tenet of the secret, that declaring our intentions to the universe actually changes something. To me, this is the basis of prayer. And while I don't believe that some guy in the sky is answering those prayers personally, I do believe that we are connected to each other and to all things in ways that we just don't comprehend. But that's about where the secret stops making sense to me. I can't believe that the universe needs us to pretend that something is already the case in order to respond to our intentions. I certainly can't believe that the syntax or grammar of our intentions actually matters. And I can't believe that just by declaring something to be so, we make it happen. Life takes a whole lot more work than that. Second, a spiritual pathway must have as its goal the increasing of goodness in the world. I believe that goodness comes in many forms, happiness, knowledge, peace, justice, harmony, health. I will put out there that my bias is that goodness and material wealth, however, don't usually go hand in hand. If a spiritual teaching is meant to make us rich, it's probably as big a scam as the make money from your home and $500 gift certificate waiting for you email that I get in that junk folder every day. It's possible that your values are different from mine, though. Third, any spiritual teaching worth paying attention to, in my mind, seeks to build relationships between and among beings, between people, with other beings of earth, or even with something you might choose to call God. It doesn't matter. But relationships of some sort need to be strengthened by spiritual teachings. Any way of the spirit that declares there's something wrong with other people, whether it's the secret, fundamentalist Islam, or Calvinist Christianity, is automatically rejected by my spiritual spam filter more quickly if the basis for that declaration is the arbitrary division of humanity into privileged and non-privileged classes, saved versus damned, enlightened versus holders of negative energy, practitioners versus infidels, it's all the same load of garbage to me. Finally, a good spiritual pathway needs to connect you to something greater than yourself. That need not, of course, be a supreme being of any sort. It can be the community of humanity, the creative power within us, the life force pulsing through all of nature, or the infinite expanse of the universe. So how do you filter spiritual insight? The spiritual spam filter is a good thing to develop because it can be employed in everyday living as well to judge the worth of spiritual teachings each day, we are, bombard, are, are bombarded with information at a dizzying rate. If we let it all in, we quickly overload. We're unable to comprehend anything at all. So we must apply our filters to other information we get as well. 
Does that information make sense? Is it meant to increase goodness or knowledge? Is it helping us to build relations with others? Does it connect us to something beyond ourselves? It's hard to constantly be asking those questions. And that's where spiritual practice comes into the picture. Different people have different practices that help them make these decisions, help them ask these questions. Meditation, contemplative prayer, reason, discussion, and debate. Regular, you know, regular spiritual practices of all sorts, from walking in the woods to pausing with a cup of hot tea each morning. They all can work, with, work for you, if you want, as ways to access your own spiritual st- spam filter. We each need to spend some time developing our own filters and honing the ways in which we use them in our day-to-day interactions with others. My friend and colleague, the Reverend Margie Allen, studies the teachings of Marshall Rosenberg about nonviolent communication as a way to sharpen her own spiritual spam filter, though she might not call it that. Some of you know those teachings well. The Committee on Ministry led a course on the subject two years ago, and some of you have taken workshops since. Margie recently said this in a sermon she recently preached entitled, Not Yet Fully Wise. She said, To be nonviolent in this context has to do not with fists or other weapons, but with critical, judgmental, and competitive ranking and dividing chatter about ourselves and others, with which our heads on our worst days are filled His process helps us to observe that chatter, to discern in its noise what we and our partner are feeling and needing, and to respond in such a way as that life, as he says, is made more wonderful for both of us instead of less. Rosenberg's philosophy, for one, easily meets all of the four criteria I have for spiritual pathways worthy of a second look. It makes sense. Every person has needs. Every person has feelings. If we communicate from the basis of truly seeking to understand the needs and feelings of others and truly seeking to convey to others our own needs and feelings, we're connecting using a universal language. It's designed specifically to increase the amount of good in our world and to add to relationships. Practitioners of nonviolent communication engage in this way of looking at the world because they are committed to peace, to living in harmony with others, and to deeper, better relationships between and among people. And finally, in looking outward from ourselves, we are connected with something greater than we are. Nonviolent communications asks us to consider the needs and feelings of others in the ways in which we communicate to make as a priority in our life our connection, our deep, true connection with another person. And to me, that satisfies the fourth requirement of a spiritual pathway. But it's not the only spiritual pathway of worth out there. It's not the only way to approach relationships with others. It's the way my friend Margie chooses. Free Viagra, act fast. I found you a new job. Earn your degree for life experience. Work out of your home and make $5,000 a week. Dear brother slash sister in Christ. Somewhere in the midst of all of the spam in our world, 
There are good and worthy spiritual practices, good and worthy spiritual pathways to be followed. One of the most beautiful things about being a Unitarian Universalist is that we each bring our own to the table here, and we can each learn from one another. Perhaps if we combine the collective wisdom of our own spiritual spam filters, we will get a more robust and vigorous one, one that works more easily because it has more data to explore. So what methods do you employ to filter the information you get every day? What are your secrets to creating deeper and fuller relationships with others? What are the practices you engage in to help you sift through the clutter of everyday life? How do you connect with something greater than yourselves? I hope we can share these things with one another. And if you're brave enough, in a little while, we'll actually have a chance to do that today. Blessed be.